Hello and welcome to the Dave's I Know. That's Dave Cox. That's Dave Woodard. And that's Sam McBride. <laughs> we got a buddy Sammy Town uh, from the band Fang on our ep- on our episode this week. I'm super stoked to have him here. Uh, old friend of mine. I was just telling Dave when we met, actually. The, at, uh, uh, in in San Diego. San Diego was the first. Uh, somebody just posted a picture from that show. From, My buddy Bo. Him and his, his wife Carla were there. And I knew them from Dallas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I knew them from Dallas. And I was, I saw that. I was like, what the fuck are you guys doing here? Like, and they're like, oh, yeah, we live here now. And um, he's got, he's actually got several cool pictures from that, uh, from that show. Um, but, he's a good photographer, too. He, get, he gets good shots at all yeah. those shows. Yeah, he's, he's really good. He actually just recently quit drinking, too. He did, yeah. yeah. Which is good. Yeah. <laughs> it is good. Yeah. Well, ir- of, ironically, um, ironically, that was the first night I drank. Yes, <laughs> I remember that. No, well, I don't remember that. I remember that because you told me that later. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't know. I just met you. I mean, we hit it off pretty good yes. right then, but... Um, well, did you, tell, um, did you tell them the lineup, too? That was like... You just like rolled in with this insane all star lineup band, you know. It's like I, was, with Billy Club. Yeah, I'm like, who <laughs> yeah. the fuck? Are you fucking kidding me? You know, I know. tell me about it. <laughs> I was so when I told him, I was telling him when we were on that tour, uh, I picked up the itinerary and I was like, we're we're playing with Fang. I was like, where are you playing with Fang? I was like, that motherfucker's in prison. <laughs> and they're like, no, he's out and doing Fang again. <laughs> And I was super stoked. I'd always been a fan in the 80s. I saw you guys in 88 in Tampa when I lived there. Yeah. That's when the skinheads wanted to beat you up because you had long hair. <laughs> Tampa. Tampa was <laughs> known hippie. was known as a very dangerous, dangerous place. Uh, oh, it I, definitely was. There was I fucking like, lived there. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty. But I remember I remember you pulled up, and I think Tony went and talked to you. My buddy Tony Patino. Yes. That you know very well as well. Yes, yes. Uh, and he was like, oh, man, these guys, are they want to beat you up. Because you're like, why? Because your hair is long. Because my fucking hair is long? Like, <laughs> oh, the 80s. But but somehow it worked out. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't remember how, you know, I, obviously I didn't get jumped that night. Which I, no. apparently the, the week before COC had gotten jumped, I think. Uh, or maybe. Yeah, like, they got their. <laughs> I can see that. They're from my part of the world. Too. Yeah, from the rally in North Carolina. Yeah. I know. They, a bunch of like also they had tried long to tip hair. over their van. <laughs> no know, shit, really. They, they tried to yeah, a bunch of skinheads trying to tip over their van. Yeah, yeah. I don't, Mike, I, years later, like Mike Dean explained to me why because he like pissed on the side of the stage and hit a couple skinheads. Oh, had a little oversplash, oversplash. Yeah, cut. a little oversplash. You know, <laughs> and the, I, I watched. <laughs> Like fifteen to seventeen dudes try to tip over a van, which they did not. They didn't make <laughs> so, it. So it takes more than that number yeah. of people to. Do. <laughs> yeah, and everyone just laughed. But they they ended up trashing their van. But that's kind of shit that happened back then, quite a bit actually. And uh, I also remember there was two crazy things that happened that night. Uh, I went home with Jen from Jenna Torturers. Oh, Jesus and, and, and I, she was, this was long before she was in, or maybe not long. No, no, no. I, they, did they play that night or was no, that? this was before Jenna okay. tortures existed. Okay. You know, so she was, you know, I don't know. She was probably like 19 or you know, right. 20 at the time. And, uh, and, and also we were going to the after party, uh, with Jen and we were, you know, I don't know whose after party or where we were driving down this road and, uh, and we were all drunk, you know, and we were all fucked up and 
I'm sure we probably had drugs with us, but we're going on this long road out in the middle of nowhere. And there's a car, you know, like maybe half, you know, a quarter of a mile ahead that's on the same road. And whoever was in that car, they just like went off the road and went crashing down <laughs> the hillside, you know. They also were drunk. And had <laughs> they <drugs>. were also <laughs> better drugs, apparently, than, than I'm just assuming. Yeah, <laughs> apparently, they had better drugs than we had. And uh, <laughs> so. We pulled over, looked, and they were like, like way down the fucking ravine. And I'm, and yeah. you know, we're in the middle of nowhere. Like, what the fuck do we do? There's like no one else around. So we, we said, fuck it. We just, we kept driving and we went to the house and yeah. then somebody ran in and, and said, Hey, you know, people, people are down in the ravine on this freak highway <laughs> yeah. in the middle of fucking Quick, nowhere. Get their drugs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Look, if it hadn't been, if I had some rope and I could have rappelled down there, I mean, course, I, yes. I would have saved the drugs. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> I would have saved the drugs. But yeah, I was out of rope at the time. Yeah, those are crazy fucking times, man. Um, yeah. But yeah, when we when I mentioned San Diego, that was, I think, 97. I think it was 97. 97 or 98, 98 maybe. Yeah. Right around Probably 98. End of 97, maybe beginning of 98. Uh, because that, we'd already been, uh, we'd already been playing for a while. It's probably 98 because uh, okay. Jim Martin was playing in the band. That's right. Yeah. And Which also tripped me the fuck out. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I know. So I ran up to you. You were still a little standoffish a little bit. I mean, you just got out of the joint not too long ago. You were a little, I'm sure, you know, because I had heard, like, what, I remember I, hear, I heard uh, when you guys opened up for the Dwarves in San Francisco that they were calling the club throwing death threats. Yeah, they had like 10 death threats called into the club and Jorge, the promoter, like as soon as I walked in or pulled me aside, he's like, bro, he's like, we've had like 10 death threats called in today. You know, like, what do you want to do? And I'm like, well, I want to get a shirt and put a target on my shirt. Right. So that way nobody else catches a stray slug. If somebody starts popping, right. yeah. you know, I don't want any of these other guys to catch a stray, you know, it's like, make sure they hit me. <laughs> looked what at ended me. up happening that night? I'm, I'm kind of curious. Uh, you know I, what? I obviously wasn't there. Uh, nothing happened. You know, I mean, it yeah. was, it was a great show. A lot of, a lot of fun. Uh, but you know, I was definitely, uh, Hyper vigilant, one might say. Sure, <laughs> you know, yeah. that's, a, that's a good, yeah, uh, yeah. I was, I was, I, I mean, I, I had been hyper vigilant for a long time, so I had plenty of experience. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I've heard. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, that night I was maybe even, uh, uh, you know, I cranked it up a bit, and uh, sure. we actually, yeah, we didn't, we didn't really, we didn't have any trouble other than you know called in threats and, um, right, you know, uh, I mean, honestly. Uh, there's only been one like incident where somebody really, well, a couple incidents and one of them, uh, there was a, we were playing in, uh, this was, I don't know, maybe eight years ago. We were playing in a club in outside of Seattle and, uh, the bartender, uh, I gone up and like asked for a bottle of water, you know, and she, mm. she really, she, she, she just gave me a really hard look and I'm like, okay, you know, sure. I'm not trying to cause any problem. And, uh, so, uh, nothing really happened, but she did come up to me at the end of the night and she goes, you know, when I heard you guys were playing here, uh, I told the promoter that I didn't want you guys playing here. And, uh, if you guys did play here, I didn't want to work the show. She goes, oh. and, uh, and she goes, but uh, we were shorthanded and I had to come work the show. And she goes, I 
I've been here all night. I've talked to a bunch of people uh, that have talked to me in depth about you and things that have happened, uh, you know, in the past and where you're at now. And I, and I, I watched the band play and she goes, you know, um, I, I don't feel the same way I did when you walked in the door. You yeah. Know? Do you, uh, you know, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, uh, that was probably, you know, somebody who right up front was like, you know, but, uh, I'm glad she at least, uh, listened, you know, and sat yeah, there gave you and, a chance and, and, at least, you know, you know and stayed, yep. you know, and, uh, yeah. And, and walked um, away I, with a different, you know, a different opinion. That's yeah, that's good. I mean, is, is that, has that happened a couple times like in, in your, uh, since you've been out, since you got that out? Was, uh, that was more severe, uh, you know, okay. and, and, but we have, you know, I mean, certainly we've had people more, what's happened is people, uh, you know, we've had people call in to clubs sure. and, yep. uh, and, and things like that, you know, and I, I, I get that, you know, it's like, I totally understand where that comes from. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not, you know, um, for me, I would always like to talk to somebody. It's yeah. like, mm-hmm. I, I get that people have issues with me. It's like, let's talk about it. You sure. Know, let's, you let's, think it's worse now with like the, you know, internet, outrage mob that can seem to gather in, you know, a few seconds and then a bunch of people get all fired up in no time. I mean, surprisingly it, it, I, I, that hasn't been the case. You know, I, I, I kind of expect that on the regular and and it really hasn't happened. Um, I think, uh, you know, uh, it's been a long time and, uh, you know, a, a lot of people know at this point that, I'm, you know, so far from the person, you know, sure. that, that did that in 1989, um, yeah. that I think it, you know, I, I, I really haven't had, uh, had that happen, you know, that's, see, yeah, that's good. I like yeah. hearing that. Um, cause, cause when I met you, it's like, I, that's not the first thing I thought about. I, cause I was such a, I was always a fan of the band Fang in the, in the eighties, like, uh, and one of the reasons why I did love the band is because you guys, even though you guys had faster songs, stuff like that, you guys played like more of this like sleazy kind of drunk rock <laughs> kind of like, like not, like, you know what I mean? It wasn't like, <clears throat> you know, like, you know, pop, 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 like MDC, like everything's just super fast. Like you guys had super sleazy, creepy songs. And I loved that. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like the same record over and over again. What? So I want to touch base a little bit on, on the Fang as the band. Um, when what? How old were you when you joined that that band? Fifteen. I was fifteen when I joined. Oh, Fang. God, <laughs> uh, Fang, and that wasn't the first band you were in either, right? No, it was the Fang was the third band I was in. I was in a band That's called crazy, Reign of Terror when I was fourteen, yeah. and also band. Uh, a band Shut Up. Uh, Shut Up. Okay. Yeah, and uh, Reign of Terror. We were a garage band in that we only ever played in the garage and we never played a show. Uh, but but uh, some of the best shows ever in a garage. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's also that's true. Uh, yeah. my yeah, favorite yeah. shows on that one tour was the Kentucky Garage. We played uh, with, for Tony Patino. He put that on. Speaking oh, of Tony, yeah, it was a great, dude. Yeah, dude. great Kentucky Shit, Garage. You just played show. 
Fang just played Maui not too long ago. And you guys, dude, that <laughs> was at a fucking pool party. A pool party. <laughs> it looked that, like an eighties fucking. Oh team my movie. god, that was the most fun I. That was the most fun I've had playing a fucking show in. I've seen the video. Eighties. That was insane. I could see the. I saw the video and I could fucking tell. It literally looked like an eighties teen fucking movie, dude. It was insane. <laughs> and here, so here's the irony about that. You talk about people that have you know issues with me. That show was set up to be at some at a club that happened mm-hmm. to be uh, like on a, a golf course, okay. and, and somebody got uh, got word, uh, you know, found out the history about my history, and they started making complaints. Wow! And so uh, the the club owner turned around and and came back on the promoter. And I, the promoter had um, warned them up front, you know, like, sure. look, this is the deal. This is the band, yeah. you know, da, da, da. And I said, no problem. So when the when the club owner started coming back to the promoter, he's a, a great friend of mine, Max. He plays in the band Pilau uh, from Maui. But when he came back at Max, he's like, you know what? Fuck you. <laughs> you know, like, I'm not even fucking <laughs> dealing with... punk rock fashion. <laughs> I'm not dealing with your bullshit. And so he moved it. You know, we started calling around and they found, mm-hmm. you know, the pool, you know, and it, I, that was probably a thousand times better yeah, where it yeah, was yeah. than if we'd played at some, you know, club, you know, on sure. the fucking golf course, you know, it's like, right. Ew, how <laughs> right? you know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yacht rock radio, so, play some polo before you go on stage. Right? <laughs> so, so whoever that person was, a complaint did us a huge favor. Thank you very much. We appreciate you. <laughs> very, very good. I got, I was kind of, cause I love going to Hawaii. I've only been to Maui once, but yeah, I, like, I go there for the tattoo conventions, but it's like, uh, and I love that island, Maui. It's great, but God, I would have loved to have seen Fang and Maui. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that was fucking great, man. Totally off the um, So, how old were you when you recorded uh, Land Shark? So, I was sixteen, I think. Oh, man. And it came out when I was seventeen. Is that right? Eighty three. Mm-hmm. So I was. It came out. So we recorded the songs for uh, Not So Quiet on the Western Front. Yeah, fun with acid, right? And, and uh, yeah, we did like five songs, and Tim Yohannan picked one. He picked fun with acid, right? And uh, and that came out in '82, and so right. I, I turned 17 in '82. So I guess we recorded that when I was 16. It came out when I was 17. We recorded Land Shark when I was 17, and it came out when I was 17 or maybe 18. Right, I turned 18 in '83. Had I you- had I gone to high school, I would have. Graduated high school in '83. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I can say that too. I, yeah. I quit. In, I was supposed to graduate '90, quit in '90. So, um, would did Fang? Did you guys tour like immediately after putting out records? I mean, I know punk rock touring wasn't like you know as, as lucrative as it could be now, but uh, but did you guys hit the road rock pretty, touring? Pretty quick? It's not lucrative <laughs> now, Dave. I don't. I know. Oh, well, I, maybe joke. okay. I was gonna say. Wait, wait a minute. Uh, Unless you're like no facts, but you know, well, yes, I, yeah. Um, so, yes, I mean, pretty much as soon as as Landshark came out, we hit the road, uh, and we had you know been playing uh, out, you know, in California, in Greater California, sure. Sacramento, uh, right. L.A., but it wasn't until Landshark came out, and then we hit the road. And back then, when we would tour. 
we did, you know, we would go out on the road for like three months or, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. I, I think one tour we did was, I think, a, like five month tour. You know, we were out on the road that long. And the van would hold up? And Well, well uh, no, <laughs> no, we, we, it'd break down. We'd get it fixed. Yeah, it'd break it down. We'd get it fixed. Yeah. We'd call somebody, beg for money to right. help. Just, yeah. We are cool. Money. Give us money. Is and that then, where that term came yeah, from? And yeah. it was a lot fucking harder then too because you couldn't you couldn't post a video on social media and go, our van's broken down in Albuquerque. <laughs> we need $3,000. Like, it no. was hard enough trying to book a fucking tour back then. Yes. It, yeah. Word of mouth. And does anyone know anyone in Columbus? Does anyone know anybody here? And, and it was just so, it was so, so different. It was, but it was also... I almost want to say, I mean, part of it was, you know, we didn't care where we slept. Uh, we didn't, you know, it yeah. was, yeah. it was, it was, you know, we ate top ramen a lot, you know, sure. like, uh, yeah. we were stuck in, uh, Ohio and I, I mean, I was like spare changing for food and beer, sure. you know, I mean, yeah. that, that, that was, uh, but people also like took care of you. Yeah. yeah, you know, it was, I, definitely. You would. I I didn't start going to punk rock shows till like '86. I think uh, Black Flag was the first show I saw. This is when I lived in Tampa, uh, which there was like a full on <laughs> riot at the show. That's when their 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 roadie got hit over the head with a hammer. Uh, it was at the Cuban Club, um, a really cool old club back then. Um, I was like 13. I was just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I just wanted to come see Black Flag, and they're not even playing the songs I want them to play. You know, they were, they were, they were <laughs> this was back when, like, I mean, it's funny because, you know, you're supposed to be punk rock and very open-minded, but punk rockers at a certain point in the mid-80s were very close-minded about the music. Oh, yeah. That's true. Yes. That, I mean, very is. close-minded about the music. It, yeah. If it wasn't a million miles an hour, you weren't playing shit off the first two albums. They didn't want to fucking hear it. You know? Right. No, that's, that's and I remember the Black Flag and it, guys. And it had to be hardcore punk rock. It had to be hardcore punk. Be, you know, yeah. like, I mean, it had to be. I, I um, stopped listening to any other kind of music, you know, yeah. probably like 1980. I stopped. And then even uh, got even more, t you know, because punk rock in 79, even in 80, it was still Susie and the Banshees, Generation sure. X. Even Joy yeah. Division, the, you know, yeah. those were considered punk rock bands, and like something that was different than the mainstream. Right. I imagine, like, what, yeah, yeah, just something different, right? And did you have a did you have a gateway band? Like, you were listening to other types of music, and then there's a certain band or a certain song you heard, or a show it, it, that, no? For me, it was the switch. For it, you? it was the Sex Pistols. That was you okay. Know, that you traveled to London, right? You saw them. There? Right. Well, I saw them in San Francisco right before right. I left right. to go wow. to London, and and that yeah. was. That was kind of just a fluke. My my cousin, who's much older than me, had had mentioned something to about them to my dad, and uh, then my dad was watching the news. We always, you know, like sat down and watched the news, uh, you know, as a group. Yeah, uh, that was what you. But did. it wasn't twenty four seven. Yeah, it was like you know <laughs> the news was on, and uh, it was the local news, and, and they were talking about the Sex yeah. Pistols were coming. And, wow. and I had already, you know, uh, Chris, my cousin had talked about them and I, for some reason I'm like, I'm going, I'm fucking, you know, like I didn't know. Yeah. I, I listened to at that time to like disco and, and sure. soul yeah. and R and B yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, even rock, I, I listened to kiss, 
But I wasn't real. I was not into rock and roll. I was into like straight R and B, soul, and disco. You know, so good. And uh, you know, it's the it's the East Bay too. You know, there was a sure. lot. It was that was like what was happening. Um, right. But something I think I always kind of looked up to my cousin, and so uh, and I think I if I I think he had gone and seen them when they played in Dallas. He was from wow. Springfield, Missouri. But I think he might have. I can't remember for sure. But anyway, I was like, I'm, I'm going, and uh, it was. Uh, I actually was just writing about this because I started writing uh, not too long ago. But it, it was, uh, you know, it was terrifying. <laughs> you know, I was, I was 12. You know, well, you also had heard like punk rock was like these guys are going to cut you with razors and they're spitting on the crowd. I, yeah, I had no, I fucking deal. I, I just right. like and uh, it was. It was the most exciting, bizarre, terrifying experience of my 12-year-old life, you know? Yeah. But such a game changer. Uh, Mainly, I I think a lot of it had to do with with the band. It also, a lot of it had to do with this guy, Denz. Uh, And he was this older, I mean older, he was probably like 20 or maybe 19. I don't know how old Denz was. He was older than me. I was 12. Older than 12. Everybody seemed old, you know? (laughs) Uh, but yeah. you know, he, he immediately, he, he was like a Sid clone, black leather jacket, spiked black sure. hair. And, and he just like fucking took me under his wing that night, you know, for whatever reason. And, uh, and so that was, uh, you know, a huge game changer. And then we actually, you know, like, uh, I think within a week we left to go to the UK to, to, we moved to Wales and while I was living in Wales, my buddy there, uh, he came home. Uh, we went to his house after school, and he'd gotten he had the Never Mind the Bullocks record, wow, and yeah. he's like, "You got to hear this." And I'm like, "Oh, like, you know." And we listened to that record over and over and over and yeah. over and over. It's a great again. record. It's a fucking great record to this day. It's, it's a great record. I, I still I hold like, it up there, man. It's it's yeah. Still one of my yeah. favorite records of all time. It still holds up. Yeah, I think so. I, yeah. I do. I, I think. For me, I think I was I was fifteen maybe, and uh, so I'm fifty five now. So it would have been like eighty three or something like that, eighty four. And uh, I I listened to like big giant progressive rock before like Rush and Rush Trump and shit like that. <laughs> and uh, and in the no same way. the same summer, it, I remember it was in June of that summer. At the beginning of June, I went and saw Rush at this you know big coliseum with twelve thousand people. And then three weeks later, a friend of mine's like, "Man, we got there's there's these two bands from California or from from out west. It's uh, Circle Jerks and Seven Seconds. It's like I don't know who the fuck that is." And they're like, "Just come with us anyway." So it was a couple guys that were like two or three years older than me, and and just weeks after seeing Rush, I got dragged to a Circle Jerk Seven Second show in a warehouse, and I was like, "This is my people." Yeah. <laughs> where where was yeah. that? What city? It was in uh, Norfolk, Virginia. Okay. Yeah. Dude. What, yeah. What uh, fucking. Seven seconds in circle jerks in Norfolk, Virginia warehouse. That's fucking. Yeah. That was the shit. That's great. That was fucking. Yeah, awesome. I mean, I. That's. I mean, I remember that as well. Like just being able to like, because like I said, I, I'm, I'm 51, so I started going to shows around '86. Black Flag, and I think the next weekend. This was when there was like a show every other fucking weekend. So like the next show was like MDC. The next weekend was like Bad Brains. Like it was like it was just such a great time period back then. Um, for for me growing up in the, in the in the hardcore, you know, being a skateboarder and just getting into hardcore punk and everything like that, and it was really cool because I remember going, like, going back because I was in middle school, and 
And there was like probably like maybe five or six other like punk rock people in school, but they didn't really go to shows. So I think when you went to shows, it was that was a different perspective on the whole scene. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh yeah, I listen to this. I have this compilation. But when you actually went to had to brave to go and like possibly get your ass beat at a show, <laughs> it was very different. And then coming back on the weekends, I'm staying on the video went out. All right, all right we're good. we there. We there? Okay. Not, yeah, you're, you're, uh, I okay, see. okay. It just it paused for a minute. We'll edit all that shit out. This man's the man. <laughs> Weaving, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the but imperial weed. <laughs> but I remember, like, you, you felt kind of like, you know, I remember going back to, to school, like, Monday, and people like, oh, did you did you not go to the game or the dance this week? And I'm like, no, I went and saw Agnostic Front and GBH. <laughs> so, like, what the fuck is Agnostic Front and GBH? Like... You wouldn't have handled it, man. Like, it was heavy. You know what I mean? It was like, and it was, and it, this was in Tampa, Florida, and it was, it was extremely violent. Extremely violent back yeah. then. All the shows were. Um, fuck. So, so, I've ever seen Butthole Surfers in 87. And Tanya, you remember Tanya, right? You knew her, I think you knew her from Philadelphia. She lives here now. I knew her in Tampa. Like, she knew me when I was like 14. I watched her get her face kicked in by Paul Leary. Oh, from the st- Yeah. Yeah, and then her boyfriend and, like, 20 other fucking dudes jumped on stage, and it was just mayhem. But that was kind of like, oh, again, yeah. <laughs> this is happening again. <laughs> Let's go before before the cops get here, you know, because like, when the cops showed up, they were just swinging. They didn't give a shit. The cops who, did not were, care were. who they hit, yeah. <laughs> I heard very n- notorious stories about, like, L.A., like, Golden Voice shows and stuff like that, um, about just – you know, black a lot of black flag shows I heard would just turn into like there's a lot of violence around them, just yeah, straight yeah. on riots and stuff. Um, yeah, we never really had, uh, we never, we never really had problems like LA had in Northern California. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I don't know, uh, the shows weren't as big, sure, either. You know, like the Olympic Auditorium shows were, were huge, and you know, we just the numbers, uh, LA. Was so spread out. There's so many cities yeah. that you know everyone yeah, you the, would come out to an Olympic yeah, auditorium. The crazy show. surfer dudes coming out from like Orange County and like all the all the beach towns and stuff like that. But you know what's great though is like in you know with YouTube now, it's like you can actually people saved those videos. Suit some you, of the, you can go and like yeah. you could watch these. There's some old Fang shows on there uh, from like '86, '85. Blows like, me away every every once in a while. Like something I'm like, where the fuck like. I don't even know that there was a who had a camera like who had a camera who was who was the no, nerd shit. that showed up with a camera I found the uh, I found that seven second circle jerk show on YouTube a couple of years ago and just spent an hour and a half looking for myself <laughs> I know I'm in there I'm I in there, there somewhere uh. that's awesome man that's great when you um so when you did moving on with the fangs of the albums um when you did where the wild things are was that did you guys record that pretty quickly after Land Shark? Or yeah, that, because it it came out a year later. So I mean, okay, yeah. I, usually things took a while. So we recorded in '82. Landshark came out in '83, and then we recorded in '83. And where the wild things came out uh, in '84. Yeah. And, yeah. and then we we toured. Uh, we went on another, you know, like I don't know, four month, you know, tour yeah. uh, when where the wild things came out, and then uh, it was things were already. Things were already, uh, you know, problematic. I think, uh, you know, Tom Flynn, uh, amazing guitar player. He, yeah. uh, he was a, 
he wasn't like me. <laughs> Let me put it that way. Like, like, you don't say Sam. I was, I was, uh, you know, I have, had started doing crime and drugs yep. and everything when I, when I was like 12, 13, you know, right. I was, I mean, yeah. I was on felony probation, uh, at 13 years old, already been to juvenile <laughs> hall, you know, Jeez. and, uh, and Tom was, was far more reserved, <laughs> you yeah. know, I mean, Tom partied, <laughs> but you know, like, and so, um, uh, like, I think so, but when we came back from that tour, uh, he had my, you know, I was 17 or maybe eight, I was like 18 or nine. Anyway, my, my girlfriend who was 10 years older than me and was, you know, we were dealing drugs together, was living in yeah. his apartment, you know, and yeah. he just came home and it was just like a, a, a gnarly drug dealing junkie den. And it was, you know, uh, it was, he wasn't expecting that when he walked through the door. Well, right I mean, he, you know, we'd been playing music together for years at that sure. point. So it wasn't, wasn't a huge surprise, but I think just the, you know, and I mean, I, uh, I'd gone to jail a number of times on tour and, yeah. uh, uh, I had, um, I'd OD'd in New York and like this uh, old Puerto Rican woman fucking like gave me adrenaline in my heart and fucking, you know, <laughs> saved my life. And I, I think it was, I think it was just a little, a little much for Tom, you know, please tell me you're writing a fucking book. Yeah, no, that, yeah, so no please, Sammy, yeah. Sammy, you got to write a book. Dude. No, I've started. I, I'm doing it. I actually, finally. I finally, I've been telling you this shit for years. I've been, I finally, I finally started doing it. That's one of the reasons I'm going to Columbia to just like, yeah, se okay. sequester okay. myself. And I've got, yeah, 25,000, uh, words so far, you know? Uh, shit, so yeah, I'm, 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 I'm definitely, I, I started doing it. I'm writing every day, you know? That's good. Uh, so. Uh, but That's, it's good. I mean, it, yeah, it's going to be a couple of years uh, before. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. You've got a lot of shit to write. <laughs> yeah. But, but at any rate, Tom, he was just, you know, he had he'd been on the circus ride for a, a, a couple of years. And, and I think he was just like, OK, this is this is too much, bit much. Know, for me. Yeah. And, and so it. that's when when he quit the band. Right. And did you. um reform did you get more players in because i knew you moved to germany right uh that's what you did spun helga right um and uh would you ever heard that album spun helga it's totally crazy it's bizarre I, it's one of my it, i love it but it's so such a weird departure from <laughs> like fang yeah, except for tits and Oi. that out that song is I, literally my favorite fang song uh, I, I, mean, I love that song <laughs> i do i fucking love it that's uh so what happened? So Tom, well, he, it was Tom's band. So yeah, 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 he yeah. like disbanded the band. It wasn't like he like quit necessarily. He goes, you know, I'm, I'm breaking up the band, so to speak. I'm okay. not going to do this anymore. And so, uh, I don't know, a couple of months went by and, um, I, you know, I tried a couple other things, you know, I was like, well, maybe I'll like go to school or Maybe I'll do this. And, and a, a couple months ago, I'm like, no, fuck this. So I went back to Tom and I said, look, I, I want to, I don't want to stop. I want to keep doing Fang. And, right. uh, and I talked to Chris Wilson, the bass player, who also, he didn't want it to break up either. And so Chris, uh, you know, 
he said he was in, um, and yeah, Tim Stiletto, the drummer, also at that time, he didn't want to stop. So I went to Tom. I said, hey, you know, what if we kept going without you, uh, you know? And Tom was like, that's fine. Go ahead. He said, you have my okay. blessing. Run with it. So we started playing again. We started bringing in other guitar players. And uh, and then uh, I decided I wanted to go to Europe and, and like, m- move the band to Europe. And so... I told the guys in the band, I'm like, look, uh, at the time I was, I was selling acid. I, I put, you know, had a lot of contacts all over the U S already. So I was doing a lot of mail order acid business and doing some flights and running acid. And so I was making good money doing that. I was also doing some construction work. So I was making good money. Right. I told the guys in the band, I said, look, let's move to Europe, you know? And, uh, I said, I give everybody three months uh, get at, get your plane ticket together. And once we get right. there, I'm banking money. I'll take care of us until we get on our feet. And uh, the only one who got it together was at that time, Chris Wilson had, uh, he had, he quit, got fired kind of. Uh, so we had this other bass player, Joe Miller. And mm-hmm. so the only one who got it together to, to go was Joe Miller. And so I was like, fuck you guys. We're going to, just going to go. Right. And, uh, and we flew to England. And so it was 1985, flew to England, found there was a band called the stupids from England. Oh I, yeah. I know and what you're talking about. Tommy yeah. stupid was playing drums for us. And we found this kid, Matt, and he was playing guitar, but England, the punk rock scene in England in 85 was kind of dead. Like mm. there were, bigger shows but like the underground scene it was like there's no place to play you know and so we were there for had a co- fang uh sorry to interrupt. had fang been to europe anytime previous to this or this is okay no. so y'all just toured america that was like yeah just in the united states yeah. and okay. canada we did you know in canada. Okay. u.s and canada a, a bunch okay. of times but uh but never never in the in the in europe so nobody nobody heard of nobody Nobody had heard of sure. us. Yeah. Uh, We're huge in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> We're huge in Fresno. Everybody in Fresno <laughs> loves Fang. You know? Right. So, so yeah. So, we went to the UK. And also, so I, I smuggled, uh, like, I had, uh, like, 100,000 hits of acid uh, that I'd smuggled with us. And so, I'm selling acid. But other thing about s- selling acid in, in England in... 1985 was everybody was fucking poor yeah and and so like everyone was on the dole like nobody had any money so if anybody wanted to buy more than like one or a couple hits i was scared because i assumed they were cops because like nobody had any fucking right i'll take one (laughs) yeah and that's like fine but if you ask for 10 i'm like okay who the fuck are you you know (laughs) who do you know yeah you know it's like are you a fucking cop you know so So after a couple of months in uh, in England, we're like, dude, this this is you know like either I'm going to get busted or, right. or or you know, and there's just like no place to play. So uh, MDC had t- just toured Europe for the first time, and I got in touch with Dave, and I'm like, do you got any? You know, they just come back, and I got right. in touch with Dave. I'm like, do you have any contacts in in Europe? And he's like, call Arabella in Germany. Okay. And so I called Arabella in Germany. I'm like, hey, 
I got your number from Dave. I'm in this American punk rock band. Uh, uh, and we want to come to Germany. And she's like, yeah, come on. And, uh, and we went, she lived in Bremen and we got there and it was like, everything just fell into place so well in Bremen for us, you know, that, uh, you know, we stayed for like a year, you know, and, uh, it, 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 you know, everything just, it, it, I loved like the scene there was great. The, uh, the, you know, the, the, the kids there were, uh, you know, they had like a street gang, which ultimately they jumped me into called the Outsiders and we would fight the Nazis and yeah, they, yeah. they love to drink and just get completely obliterated. They like to drink and, in Germany and, for sure. Yeah. And they didn't care that I was, you know, they would help me sell acid and they were all, you know, like yeah. they were, it was, yeah. you know, they, they, the, the Bremen punks, like they, uh, they definitely became family, you know, and it's super, cool. it worked out. It was, it was awesome. It was great, great time to be there that's cool and you uh that's that did you record spun helga then yeah right around that time yeah like, okay. and the, the the studio it's so fucking cheap i think i think we paid 300 dollars to record a record at that time. <laughs> yeah I, actually it, it, i remember him telling me that even for when you did amigas fosfos am i pronouncing that right yeah asfafos what is that that that's give fosfos? me Svafos, uh it's fosfos fosfos yeah it's Give me head in Slovenian. So <laughs> you told me when you recorded that it was cheaper for you because you, I think you were living. You guys were back in America at that time. Yeah, but you because uh, you had to leave Germany, <laughs> well, right? Well, no, I, I didn't. That was that was later on. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, that was later on. I had to. You're yeah. jumping ahead too far. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. But 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 uh, it was and the the studio was this guy and he uh, Jörg Zima. He was Culture Club's sound guy. Fuck. And so, you know, so they had all this Culture Club stuff, like pictures of Boy George yeah. everywhere. And yeah. he, had, he had this studio in uh, Bremen Nord, which is like north of Bremen. And, uh, and you know, when Culture Club would go, uh, he was like, uh, you know, uh, he was their sound guy. And he would always tour with them. And he was so cheap. Great fucking, he was such a great guy, you know. That's awesome. The, um... Because I remember, because you remember you telling me that it was at some point I, either you guys were back in America and you said it was cheaper to fly to Germany and record there than it was to record in America. Yes, and, and, and I, that's when you did. We, yeah, we Amigas did that, Fos Fos Yeah, we did Amigas Fafas. We flew back. We recorded. We toured, and that was so we were we had our tickets to fly back uh, to record uh, Pissed Off Buddha. Right. And that's when, so we were in, we were in the U S and we had our tickets. We had like the recording set up. We had a tour set up. And, and that's when I got a phone call, uh, from my buddy, his name is trio trio called me and he's like, uh, Astrid, my girlfriend who'd been dealing for me now for years, mm-hmm. uh, had gotten busted and, uh, her roommate had, had rolled. They knew, the, the, all the acid was coming from right. me. And, uh, and so they were, uh, Interpol had been brought in. They, it was like, they were, they were waiting for me to, yeah, you know, yeah. to get off the plane because sure. they knew all, they knew everything. And so if trio hadn't warned me, I would have like stepped off the plane in, uh, in Germany and gone to prison there. Um, yeah. so, so that, but, but that was, that was sort of the the beginning of when things went horribly, horribly bad. Right. 
you know. When you did you guys end up recording and we're going to get to that, but when we when you recorded Pissed Off Buddha, which by the way is is l- probably my favorite Fang record. <laughs> I, I love I do. I love that record. When I first met you and we hit it off pretty good as buddies and I remember we Billy Club toured again and let us stay at your place. Yeah, um, yeah. And you were like here's a here's a copy of this oh. it's an unreleased fang album and i was just like an unreleased fang record like <laughs> i fucking shit myself and it's just it's amazing I'll, i don't know if you've ever heard it but it's fucking great um and uh could you do spider-man on there right well you know i really wish so we recorded that and by the time we recorded that i was so strung out and so yeah. fucked off that i yeah and and we never properly mixed it you know, yep. like what right. what we released later on uh, were were basically like the rough mixes we had. We remastered it as best we could because sure. the tapes, uh, Toby Rage was sitting on the tapes and somehow lost half of them. So <laughs> I, I was going to go back. I was going to go back in the studio and actually had all the tapes baked and I was going to remix everything. Yeah. And half the tracks were gone. So, so I just had to run with what we had and, and mastered it as best we could. But I, that, I really wish we had, I I was able to have, uh, like gone back, uh, redone some of the vocals because I was so strung out. So, you know, like I, I know I could have done them a lot better than I did. Uh, there's, there's definitely some songs I can hear, like, (laughs) uh, Mother Goo, the Mother Goo song I can I can hear the cracking in the voice quite yeah. a bit. I've, now, that's I've been a, there. that song, it doesn't really matter. That I know it doesn't matter. <laughs> for that particular I mean, I've, I've been relaxed. <laughs> so, I've, I mean, I've been there, man. I've, I've definitely had my bout with drugs as well. Like, I, I was I was an IV drug user in the 90s for several years. Um, it's it's tough to get out of that scene when you're in it, man. It's yeah, not I an mean, easy one. Yeah, and, and, so, and I, so that, uh, I wish that we had, that I had... A, ended up with all the tapes and uh, and that I was able to have gone in because my plan was I was going to go back in redo a lot of the vocals and re, right. re- remix the whole thing and then right. uh, and then Toby lost half the tapes just lost and that just, shit yeah but yeah but I'm actually pretty stoked you, you remastered and put it out because it's a, it's it is a great Fang record like you know it, it's I mean I've always telling you like any new recordings like redo Rage of Angels, redo uh only for a minute, redo Stand and Fight. Like I'm always like redo the re-record them, re-record them and put them out because they're great fucking songs, man. I like, who knows? Great songs. Maybe someday maybe someday I will. I mean, I don't stop, yeah. you know, that's so yeah. that so I mean that's uh there's certainly some of those songs which I I wouldn't mind taking another taking another run at sure. know, some however many Years later. The cool thing is too, like a, a great song's a great song, regardless of True. of the quality of the recording at the time or any of that. You can still tell when it's just a really good fucking song, anyway. Yeah. You know, at the end of at the end of uh, Jack the Ripper, because that's the last song on there, and you could hear everybody in the studio just cracking up because you're just like cause you're just like blah, blah, blah. everybody's just you can hear everybody just laughing, going, "That's great, dude!" Like it's just a great it's just a great moment of like and live recording. You know that like, song was recorded in uh Toledo, Ohio. Wow, okay. So so there's there's uh there was this guy John Stain and he was the like local punk rock promoter in Toledo yeah. and he I, he went on to become like a politician, you know, it got it got wow. it got weird. 
but yeah, but, things are gonna get, this is gonna get weird. Yeah, but uh, he was like, uh, we we came through Toledo uh, a couple times, and he always took super good care of us. He's rad guy, and uh, it was like the second time we came through there. Uh, earlier on that tour, I had been uh, I I got busted in Texas. Uh, we were on our way to McAllen. Uh, mm-hmm. From San Antonio, I'm fucking dope sick. Uh, we played yeah. in San Antonio with uh, Fearless Iranians from Hell. Great fucking band. And and we're driving. I'm sick, but I'm just yeah, back then. I would kick on the road, you know. I would just sure. like I would just drink until and then you know the rest of the tour I'd be good. The first couple of weeks would be rough, but so I'm right. sick and we get pulled over like in Atascosa County, Texas, middle of fucking nowhere. A van right. full of punk rock, you know, punk rockers. Of course, yeah, they, in the eighties, yeah, and they pull us out of the van. They've got us all on the side of the road. They're searching the van, and they found like a roach, and and oh yeah. So they're like, okay, whose is this? And da 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 da. You know, they're fucking giving us the hard act. You know, we're sitting there, nobody's saying anything, and it was actually uh, our roadies. And I'm like, like okay, if the roadie claims it, then. You know, we'll come back and get him, and we can make the show right. to McAllen. But I sat there, and I'm like, none of these motherfuckers are going to raise their hand. I'm like, fuck all y'all. <laughs> Fine. I yeah. said, fucking take me to wait. Take me to jail. I'm like, I've been right. there before. Fuck you guys. Go fuck yourselves. So take me to jail. So we. So they take me to jail. I'm fucking kick. You know, so I'm kicking in McAllen, Texas jail, like the county jail. And I was there for. We missed the McAllen show. I was there for three days. Yeah, in jail till they finally let me out. Uh, so they let me out. They gave me a court date, you know, and the court date was like a month away. So we get of back course, on the yeah. road, you know, we we go on tour. Right. Well, uh, I told uh, John Stain that you know, like the the night before, the night we played, I probably announced it on the fucking mic or whatever. I was like, uh, so I was supposed to be in court in Texas today. And so I'm sure mm-hmm. there's going to be a warrant out for my arrest tomorrow because here I am in Toledo, Iowa playing some punk. Yeah. Talk. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Right? So, so the next morning, uh, we had, we had it set up. We were going to go and record that song and, and another song. John Stain had a studio. We stayed at his house and we, we all went to breakfast the next morning and we're sitting in this, you know, it's like a Denny's or, you know, some sort of a, a, a breakfast spot spot. And we're sitting in there. There's like, I don't know, there's like 10 punk rock kids. And yeah. the door to this fucking diner opens. And in walks this like 6'5 guy in a fucking suit. He was probably 50-year-old man with a fucking bolo tie and a cowboy hat. You know, right. we're like, damn, look at fucking Tex over there. You know, and he walks in. You know, he looking like Clint Eastwood. He's surveying the fucking whole restaurant. Stops at our table and walks directly over to our table and he goes, I'm a Texas Ranger. Which one of you is Sam McBride? Oh, fuck. And, uh, everybody at the table were like, uh, like, what the him, fuck? I was, him. Yes. <laughs> Not me. Finally, guy. finally, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I like, I like yeah. get up. Finally, some like, fuck, get up. Turn around like, fuck, I, yesterday. How the fuck are you kidding me? I turn around, put my hands behind my back, and all of a sudden, him and John start fucking busting up. It was his dad's. 
The oh, promoters Jesus. set up the whole fucking thing. Like, there's like, Dad, put your cowboy hat on. You gotta get up and fuck. The best, uh, like, I don't think I've ever in life been gotten as good as that. It's like. That's, pr- that's uh, pretty uh, fucking good. Brilliant. I mean, it wouldn't have surprised me if it was a Texas Ranger, right? For real. <laughs> I mean, because Texas, you know, oh, doesn't fuck around. Like, but, but oh, it was so it was brilliant. Anyway, so that that was the morning. Then we went in and recorded. Uh, okay. Recorded. Did you do uh, Jack, Jack, Jack and did you do um, uh, um, what's the song right before that? That's on that uh, and I, Lynch Mob. Yeah, we recorded both yeah, those songs. Lynch, freeze! Yeah, is, yeah, that's, yeah Texas so that's Ranger. That okay, right? Freeze, Texas Ranger, because in the morning it had yeah. been the t- yeah. So. Oh. So that's uh, I never knew that. Yeah, <laughs> I love learning new shit from you, dude. This is amazing. Yeah, no, that, that I, I always I have to take my hat off to John Stain because that is like yeah. he got me so good that morning, you know. So obviously that was a, that was starting to be the downfall of of Fang and just your I mean just your addiction and everything like that. Yes, yes, um, started getting real real dark and real yeah. bad. Um, you committed a crime in '89, went to prison for it, right? Um. I'm not trying to breeze over that. I just, if anybody wants to know, they can look your ass up. <laughs> it's not like, it's not, you know, No, and, you know, and like I said, I'm always willing to sit down and have conversations. Of course, it, of know, course you are. Think, and, but, um, uh, you know, there's, uh, um, obviously, um, we've talked about it before. Um, when I became pretty good friends with you, I was like, Hey, like, you know, what the fuck happened? You were honest. Tell me what happened and everything. Um, when you, uh, um, if you want to elaborate on that, you're more than welcome to. Um, I mean, I think everybody knows the history. I, I think one yeah. of the things that that um, that is that maybe people never ask me, but it, it seems like there's some idea that I don't have a problem with what I did. Yeah, you know, and I think yeah. that that's the thing that I I I struggle against the most to think that. Yeah, I, I, I know I, that to not be true. I know. I that. I have, uh, I, if there's anything I could do to change what I had done, I I absolutely would. I I can't. Uh, and if anybody has an idea that I don't have a problem with what I did, I absolutely have a problem yeah. with what I did. And um, and I, I also, I, I know that the, um. I can't ever uh, make right what I've done either. Yeah. You know, that there's, um, you know, it's not like there's going to be redemption. You know, it's not like the scales will ever be balanced. Uh, You know, it doesn't doesn't work like that. Of course. I I think uh, probably one of my favorite things you've told me before is like, man, if I can, if I can stop one kid, this is, this is part of your recovery as well. Um, cause I want to get to that as well. Cause your recovery is very important to me. Um, cause you've been, was it 17, 16, 17 years, 16 now? years. Yeah. 16, 16 years. years. You just celebrated that kind of recently. In, in right? October. Yeah. October. October. Okay. Congratulations, by the way. Thanks. Um, you guys take that very seriously. I've seen Fang multiple times in this time period and you guys like go to meetings, you guys do your steps, you guys do whatever you guys need to do to keep your asses clean. I, I respect the shit out of that. Um, I, I, uh, and addiction's a hard thing. It's not, you know, it's not something you're like, okay, I'm done. You know, it's, it's not it's, for it's me, difficult. At least, you know, no, like I, it, I, I, maybe for some people, but yes, yeah. Um, I think if you are an addict, like the kind of addict that I was, that, that you have to, um, you have to be extremely vigilant, you yeah. know? And yeah. And it's a thing that's interesting to me is that like, I, I, 
it depends a lot. It's a personality thing, part of it, because like even for myself, I I know myself enough that with certain things I can't dabble. It, I'm either it, it's like how much of this do you want? Well, how much do you have? Yeah. And 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 I know people that aren't like that. I know people that can do a bump or they can do this or that, and they're fine. And then they never they don't touch it again for five more years. But like I'm aware enough of my own personality that if I start. I'm not going to finish until there isn't any more left. Right. So I just yeah. stay away from it altogether now, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's like, what do you have? You having two? I'll have eight. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's the kind of guy I was. You know right. I mean? and, so. and, and there are also people, you know, they don't have the horrific consequences uh, right. that, yeah. you know, I mean, I had, I had horrific consequences and, yeah. and should have had uh, more horrific consequences because I, I was, you know, I the first time I got clean and sober was in prison. And that wasn't when I went to prison. That was after being in prison for years. So you used for years while you when you got into prison. Yeah, and you dealt, used. dealt wow. drugs in prison and, okay. I mean, and continued that lifestyle for well, you, for, uh, for years. Uh, well, we... Yeah, you you told me about prison a little bit because um, you were in San Quentin. Yeah, that's uh, uh, I started my my prison career in San Quentin. San Quentin was, uh, you know, this was in nineteen eighty nine ninety. Uh, you know, it yeah. was. Uh, I mean, I I think I was there a week before. Like within the first week, I saw my first you know prison killing. You know, a yeah. guy got his head crushed in with a uh, a barbell. Um, you know that. I had been there about a month, and uh, my celly and I, uh, we threw a guy over the fourth tier, and wow. uh, uh, he had been identified as a child molester, and my celly yeah. was an older uh, convict who, um, he basically ran things in that cell block sure. for, uh, you know, for, uh, for us, and yeah. so... Uh, he's like, okay, we have a, a job to do. And, yeah. um, you know, stuff like that, you, uh, you, uh, you end up in prison doing a lot of things that, um, I think most people definitely normally wouldn't do. And I, I think a lot of it has to do with, uh, it is such a dangerous place, and it's there's so much pressure to live up to a certain code of a certain code. Yeah, and, and to stay alive. And if you don't follow along with the yeah. with the prison codes, that that you get you get killed, you get stabbed, you pretty you know. quickly. And, like, and and you and you also uh, even more, or I don't know, worse, but you get victimized. You know. Yeah. And, yeah. um, that's even far more terrifying. Sure. The people divide big time by race and whatnot too. Right. And that, that, that becomes a huge deal. Like you can't just, you know, ha you know, nod and wink to a black guy. If you're <coughs> no, there no, like that. It, it, it's you, gotta be separated too. Right. You have, um, you know, I, so, you know, I grew up in, in the East Bay, you know, like, I mean, uh, right. I, I, I had, uh, all kinds of different friends. There was certainly things I mean, where Chris Wilson, your bass player. Chris Wilson was a bass player. Fang, <laughs> yeah, you know, black guy. Skinhead yeah. smoke <laughs> right. dope yeah. was, uh, you know, tongue in cheek. Uh, yeah, you know. sure, yeah. So, 
Um, so, you know, I get to San Quentin and I was in San Quentin at the same time that, uh, my homie Dean was in San Quentin and Dean's black, you know, black kid from mm. Oakland, punk rock kid from Oakland. Uh, wow. we couldn't even, um, you know, we could barely nod, uh, and, and even act as if we knew each other because wow. it would put wow. both our lives in danger. You know, yeah. it, it was, Crazy. uh, it was so now I, I will say that, uh, Years went by, and towards the end of my my prison career, um, so, like so, I, I was in Soledad, and uh, I I got into a writing class in Soledad, and okay. and there was a guy in there uh, named James Ward. He was a uh, he's a black guy, and he and I became like super close in writing class. Now mm-hmm. uh, we lived in the same cell block. Once again, we couldn't acknowledge each other's presence right. in the cell block. Right. But the teacher in class, you can though. Yeah, it, and teacher okay? that like the first time you go into that class, she sat everybody down. Like that when when they came into class first day, she goes, "If you can't leave your politics at the door, yeah. don't don't come back." Sure. And so it was actually a, a space where, you know, uh, we all were just trying to be better writers. You know, and sure. so I get it. James and I became good friends, and then uh, some years later. We ended up on uh, the Vacaville yard, and that was like the last 18 months. I'd been down for a number of years, and the Vacaville yard was uh, the, it was, uh, the politics were a lot less strictly regulated. And and also by then, um, I'd been down a number of years. I had a reputation. I, I, you know, so I kind of did whatever the fuck I wanted, you know, and, right and I didn't really have to worry about repercussions there. And so, so I set up, uh, it, it's a long story, but I was doing books on tape for blind kids. Yeah. I remember you telling me And that, yeah. so, so I had, uh, so I had James and I had, uh, two other guys in there, uh, and we would do, uh, and so we, I'd rewrite the books like a radio play, you know, like Cinderella, yeah. and everybody'd have characters, and we do sound effects, you know. And so uh, we would cool. do these That's books, awesome, books on Are tape. these available? And, well, I, you know, I, I had smuggled some out, but I was just talking to one of my kids about this because, like, I, we yeah. had Ed Kemper did Stuart Little, and you know, wow. I mean, it was just like so, but. Uh, I don't know if uh, the Blind Project still exists. Somebody just looked it up, so I, I think you know it's still maybe been archived. I have no idea. You I'd know? imagine these days with technology, it probably it's if it is archived, it's definitely somewhere. You know, it's yeah. somewhere in the bowels of Vacaville Prison. But like, <laughs> no to, pun intended. To, yeah, <laughs> but you know, to have that Sorry, relationship, that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, like that I had with James. You know, we we yeah. did this whole you know, thing together and we hung out on the yard, you know, uh, we, we, we could, like I said, we couldn't even nod at each other in Soledad, but in Vacaville, uh, you know, it was a, a a medium security prison and, uh, and like like politics were, uh, Vacaville was like Disneyland, you know, in in comparison. Yeah. Compared compared to like, yeah, it's a dangerous place, but compared to like Soledad and uh, San Quentin and and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I would never know. I've never been in a prison. I think I've spent like one night in jail and cried my eyes out for my parents to come get me. And that was for stealing a car. (laughs) I mean, I've done some stupid shit. I have never got caught a lot, but 
I remember I remember just going like, uh-uh, I don't want to fucking be here, man. I don't want to fucking be here. No, you know? I, um, I wish that had been my experience. I don't know sure. why. I should I should have that should have like the first time I got busted when I was thirteen. Yeah. I yeah. went to fucking juvenile hall in downtown Oakland. I, yeah. I you know, I was fucking terrified, but you know, sure. apparently not enough to think, oh, well, I should yeah. never do anything like that that'll get me put back in there again. Yeah. I, I think back then sometimes the consequences didn't seem as ah, ah whatever, I'll just you know what I mean, I'll just truck on and nothing'll <laughs> happen to me. You know what I mean? Like of course that's a that's kind of a maybe a typical kind of punk rock attitude as well back then. You know, right, so it could right. have been uh um but uh that's uh but your recovery is like I said, I it's 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 an inspiration to me. Um I actually I was still talking to Dave uh last episode about this, like I quit smoking weed like three or four months ago. Oh, yeah. And how's that going? And you know me. You know me. Dude. I know you. Yes. Yeah. Me and Sam go back a little bit. But it's like, and uh, we hit, uh, the great thing is we met each other. We hit it off really good right away. Like, yes. Yeah. Like friends Just right away. Like, man. like right away. Yeah. It was so great. And, uh, um, you know, he's, you've been there for me when I needed to talk to somebody sometimes. And you've been there. Um, and I appreciate that. But your, your recovery is definitely an inspiration to me. When I see you, when I go see Fang, when you come to Texas, we hung out in Austin to go see uh, Doctor No, and uh, we're hanging out with Nikki. I was, I'm hanging out with Brandon Cruz, Sammy Town, and Nikki Sicky from Verbal Abuse, and I'm just sitting there like I'm just hanging out with all these motherfucking singers from back in the day. Like I was, I mean, I not to be starstruck, but it's still kind of like it's got kind of a cool thing for me. You know what I mean? Because I'm, I just, I'd been listening to you guys since I was like 13, and. Uh, so to be there hanging out with these guys who everybody's sober now, right? You well, know, that was... I, Nikki, Nikki's Nikki's not sober. Well, super <laughs> sober ish. He's sober ish. Yeah, I mean, Nikki, oh, sober ish. Nikki's one uh, of one of my best friends, and he, uh, yeah. yeah, he's definitely he's not uh, as uh, I mean, I shouldn't tell Nikki's story, but he's definitely uh, not not rolling as hard as he used to. I, I got you. I got you. I yeah. mean, some people take it their own way, man. You know, some yeah. people are like, I need to quit all this shit. I'm, you know, some people are like, I'm going to go ahead and quit this and this and this. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, like that was one thing about Nikki that, you know, that I loved, you know, like when, so I, I got out of prison and then I started drinking mm -hmm. again. And ultimately that yeah. led me right back to shooting heroin. And I was in Texas and I was, you yeah. know, like running amok doing crime and my crime got yeah. busted and luckily, I didn't get busted. Uh, I, you know, should have. I should have gone back to prison yeah. in Texas. But uh, I finally am like, what I finally was like, really ready to kick. Uh, Nikki came. Uh, he was. He came out to California, and he helped me. There was this, this woman Jeep. You gotta wait. My dog's like it's dinner time. <laughs> we got, uh, I kind of figured. <laughs> uh, Nikki came and. This, this woman who always said, I will help you get clean, uh, she had this basement room. And so yeah. Nikki and I boarded up all the windows in this basement room, and, and we put a deadbolt in the door so you had to have a key to get out. Right. And uh, and Nikki babysat me while I kicked, you know, and, yeah. and has been, uh, you know, very supportive of me. Uh, staying clean and yeah. uh, you know which and, and so you know I mean I was best man at Nikki's wedding you know we have a yeah. long uh, history I, I love you know and he does his thing 
and sure. and I and I did my thing, and you know, but he was always uh, supportive of of you know, regardless of what he was doing. You Man, know. that's a that's a hardcore way to go through it. <laughs> Just <laughs> locked up in a basement for how long? Was it like a month? Uh, yeah, it was what? like a month. Yes, because yeah. I knew uh, there was just there was no way. Like I, yeah. I just I had tried to stop many times before, and I just I you know without being locked up, it yeah. I just it I could I couldn't do it. You know. So that's when I uh, when I decided to get clean. Um, I was 25. I turned 25 in rehab, but I realized like, I was like, I needed to be at a place where I was just locked down. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't, so I couldn't go anywhere. Now the place was like, you can leave, but you can't come back. And I, I just, I wanted to get clean so bad, dude. Like I just, I was over it. I had like, you know, fucked up my first marriage, which is fine because now I'm married to the woman of my dreams. <laughs> but, uh, I just, I wanted just to be clean. I just wanted to get back to being woodered again. I just wanted to get back to just, being the hyperactive Dave Wood everybody knew. What? Yes. <laughs> yes, I'm pretty hyper. <laughs> and um and I just I had to be locked down. That first week, the the physical aspect of it, it's hard to explain to people. It's hard to explain that your bones are on fire. You're pissing yourself. You're shitting. It's like it's 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 gross. It's not a pretty picture. No. <laughs> but even when you yeah, even when you get through that part your mind, because we're such good at manipulating people, it's like, oh no, no, I'm good now, man. Let me just let me get out of here real quick. I just got to run to the store real quick. You know the story. Is. I, I mean, do. When, like, when, yeah. when they put me there, I mean, Nikki was not naive, but uh, Janine, the woman yeah. whose house it was, I said, look, I'm going to tell you the house is on fire. I'm going to tell you I'm yeah. dying. Yeah. I'm going to tell yeah. you you got to take me to the hospital right now. I'm going to tell you anything to get you to let me out that door. To I unlock said, the door. I said, you cannot believe anything I tell you. And she's like, well, for how long? I'm like, weeks. I mean, we're talking yeah. weeks here. <laughs> you know, like it's going to be a long fucking time, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you end up, you get good at manipulating people. You get good at lying to people. Yeah. You get people, you get good at people to sympathize with you. Yes. When you're, when you're that way. Yes. You yeah, know, you know even if they know for a fact, like this dude's up on drugs or this guy's a junkie, whatever, he'll steal my shit. You still, I think drug addicts have a very good way of like getting people to feel sorry for them. I mean, that's, you that's know? your, uh, that's a lot of people's hustle. Yeah. You know, I mean, that, that, that is know, the that, hustle. That is the that hustle. Is the hustle. You know, yeah. It's, and it's, that, you know, Certainly, like manipulating and, and all yeah. that. So, I yeah. also, um, so I, you know, I had tried to kick. So, I, I when I started drinking that night in mm-hmm. uh, yeah. San Diego, uh, it was uh, eight years that I yeah. was, you know, I didn't start shooting dope right away. That took, I, knew, I know, uh, yeah. that was probably about a, a year and a half after I started sure. drinking that I started shooting dope. And I yeah. had it, you know, for me to really, it was years later before I just destroyed everything and was like, right. you know, on a, a crime spree in Texas before, you know, right. I, I got clean, but I, and my, even at that time, I was still naive enough to think, all I have to do is kick and I'm going to be okay. Right. You know, and, uh, and kicking, you know, at that time I was like 41 years old, you know, kicking when you're 41 is not like kicking when you're 20, you know? And, and I had an eight year run, which was a long fucking run. And I thought if I just kick 
that I can get back to my life, you know? And, sure. and after being in that, uh, in that basement room for a month, I came out and I was fucked off. You know, I was yeah. I was emotionally, spiritually, physically, just completely yeah. fucked off. Like uh, it took, you know, the first couple months, just walking up a, a flight of stairs, I'd have to like, like, I thought I'd fuck myself up physically, like yeah. permanently, you know, but yeah. it was just, uh, it took a long time, uh, a long time to, to recover, to get, you know, back yeah. to, to normal, you know? Uh, do you, um, do you go to, do you go to daily meetings or weekly or what What do you, uh... I, I, I go to uh, a couple meetings a week, you know, and okay. I, and I pretty much do, uh, you know, I, I just kind of do what, what, Everybody else, I do what other people tell me to do, and and that was that was that was the big problem. That's a good woman. That was, That's a, do you have a good woman? That was, <laughs> uh, that was my problem. It's that yeah. you know I, so I always thought because of the places I'd been, the 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 life I'd had, that I was a survivor. You sure. know, and and I thought, man, you know, like I was a survivor, and I could trust like trust myself to get me out or deal with any kind of situation. And, uh, and it took me a long time to realize like, wait a minute. No, you're not a survivor. You're a fucking the asshole who put yourself over and over in these horrific yeah. situations. Like I'm, yeah. I, you're looking at it from the wrong, from the wrong side. It's you know, that's a lot of that's ego. You know what I mean? Like we'd have to like we have to let go of our ego sometimes and realize like No, I'm not this guy. I'm this fucking uh, right. Guy. I'm the and asshole who keeps fucking myself over and putting myself in yeah, horrible. I head. always bounce back, but that's because I'm always fucking myself. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so I, I I got to the point for me where I stopped trusting myself. Right. And once I stopped trusting myself, then things changed. You know, and, and, and once I like stopped trusting myself and just started listening to other people and doing what other people told me to do, uh, you know, things changed miraculously. What was, um, what was the time frame then? Was it, how long after that did you start getting into the, the sober house and, uh, and helping other people out also? So that was, it was a few years, I think, uh, probably maybe Four years after I I was able to uh, stay because it took me to even after I came out of that basement there was uh, uh, I I would like go a month I'd be good and I'd get loaded for a day you know and I was mm. I was doing okay. a lot of meetings and everything but it it took me a, a year and a half before I could stay sober before I could stay clean and so yeah. after that. It was probably, I think, around four years or so uh, before I opened up the sober house for men in Oakland. You know, and uh, and did, that, that that's was good. Did did you do that? Like, do you think you did that because of just to help other? Obviously, to help other people out because you've been there, you've done that. But to maybe help yourself out to like, I I think it it it, it absolutely uh, benefited me. You know, it, it okay. kept me super super plugged in. Um, you know, and, uh, very much involved, you know, I, I, I would probably at some point, given the opportunity, do that again, you know, and, um, uh, it, it, the reason that we, we, we shut down, I had a a business partner 
in the mm-hmm. in the sober house for men, and he start he was in recovery like I was, and he started getting loaded, you know. Yeah, and yeah. so we went back and forth, yeah. and and I, I, we're still friends. He's actually clean again, um, but after a while, he was he was struggling for a couple of years, sure. and so after a while, it was just. I, I know he wanted out, and uh, and it was super stressful to have. Yeah. Uh, uh, and also, not the best branding for a company. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. What, what, so what company do you have? Yeah. So anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah. So that – but uh, at some point, I would uh, I would definitely consider doing that again. You know? Yeah. That uh, – that, That's cool, man. Th- that was something. And the other job that uh, – I, I'm not currently doing, but actually, I, I at some point will get back into. But I worked as a domestic violence counselor. Uh, That's and, really good. And, and went through uh, went through the Duluth training model, and and worked doing that for for some time. And, uh, and to be honest, I you know because I've worked also as a drug and alcohol counselor, uh, right? And uh, in in rehabs, and uh, I honestly really uh like and uh feel that my calling was more you know that with doing domestic violence work you know i think i think that's great i really do i i I think that also probably helps you a little bit you know some some past stuff i mean it's just i'd imagine it you know there it in in the training and and in working with guys too there's you know because uh, it's, it's looking at, uh, you know, looking at society and, yeah. you know, uh, toxic masculinity, misogyny, all the things that contribute to men that, that, you know, commit violence against women, right? you know, and, yeah. um, and so th- I, I was constantly, constantly learning stuff, you yeah. know, and, um, it, well, knowledge is power, man. It is. And it's also, it's, you know. Just a good my my so at some point I uh, I think I will probably get back into doing that yeah. kind of work, you know. Yeah, I think that's great. I respect the shit out of that man. I mean, that's just uh, I mean you've that's why I've always encouraged you to write a book because you've, <laughs> you've you've done a lot. You've been through a lot. You've caused a lot. You've you know what I mean. You've you've kind of uh, gone full circle a couple times. And, yeah. Um, hopefully, yeah. hopefully enough times. Yeah, enough times. I'm getting dizzy now. Yeah, you know. Like, yeah. <laughs> but uh, that says a lot about you, man. And I and um, I just I love the shit out of you, dude. I'm yeah, so glad you did this interview with us. Man. I love you too, bro. I uh, I'm honored, uh, and it's you know uh, it's always yeah. it's always good. I'm glad that we got to hang out not that long ago. Uh, yeah, in that Texas. was I had a great time, man. You know that was yeah, that was I had a, a great blast. time, and, and hopefully I was we'll, so stoked we'll to tell you again. that yeah, I quit smoking weed. Uh, Sam's gonna be stoked. <laughs> like, well, <laughs> smoking weed. Like I'm not a big drink. You know me. I'm not a big drinker. Like I'll have a beer every now and every then. Now but like then, but, every know. now and then. But I'm not a big drinker. But it's like. Now the weed thing, like I'm fucking. <laughs> well, and how's I'm that going? Is it you know? Are you you? Is it? Do you feel you know that? Uh... No, I feel great. I feel amazing. Like I like even after the first week, I was like, man, I I feel fucking good. Like because I was always a bong ripper guy, so it's like my chest was killing me, dude. Like my voice was, you know what I mean? Like I just like coughing all the time, but just being clear headed. Yeah. I told you before, like nobody told me that reality was such a fucking trip. <laughs> <laughs> and especially nobody fucking told me you, smoked, you didn't tell you me smoked Sam. weed every fucking day forever you know <laughs> i know dude since ninth grade dude yes. i'm telling you man like i'm telling you dude like and uh 
And, and I, I'm not saying I'm done for good or whatever like that, but for right now, I feel fucking great. Yeah, well, and, and also I don't, it's probably real good I don't for miss lungs, it. I don't, you know. You know. Yeah, that, that's, I mean, you're still inhaling fucking smoke. It's not like it's not good for you. I don't give a shit what people say, but just being clear headed for me has like been, you know, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm running a business now. We got the tattoo shop I'm running, man. And it's like, you got to fucking got to be on your toes, man. Yeah, you're, like, you're a busy guy. I didn't guy, realize this. You know? yes. Yeah. Yeah. And even, even my wife, Melissa, she's not, she's not smoking either, man. Wow. And that's awesome. uh, she didn't smoke as much as I did. She'd always complain that I smoked too much. And I did. But, and I listen to her, trust me, <laughs> got to have the one to listen to, yeah. but, and we, it's just, it's not, I don't miss it. I don't like, I don't know. It's hard to explain, dude. Like, and for somebody who's been smoking weed for that long and I've got nothing against it or anybody who does, like, I don't, I mean, you could do fucking blow. I don't give a shit, man. It's not me. Yeah. That's, uh, you know what uh, I mean? That's like, also like, I, you know, uh, if, if people go do what the fuck you want to do. Exactly. Dude. If. It gives you a lot of problems if, uh, yeah. you know, if it makes your life hell or other right. people around you like hell, then call me and I can, you know, yeah, and I'll right, do yeah. whatever I can to help you out, you know. But well, the, if, if you can do blow, shoot heroin, whatever, like fucking boof K, I don't give a shit, you know. Is that, is boofing that, K? Is I, never never heard heard it. I might have to try this. <laughs> have to write that down. Hold on a second. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do, write that down, will you? Yeah. I, I, no, I... I, I I agree. Like it's it's like do what it is. as long as you're not hurting people. Yeah, you're yeah, obviously going to harm yourself in a certain kind of way, no matter what you do. If you're yeah. doing any kind of drugs like that, I, I, you know, these kids today, they're all into this fentanyl shit. Uh, um, well, I and that's the story. I, that I, is far more dangerous. Uh, absolutely, people, and people die. And I would pretty quick. I hope we have um, uh, as a guest. I would love to have uh, my friend April. I I found her son oh, in his wow, car. Yeah, I remember I told you that yeah. I, he passed away in his car. Yeah. Um, and she has turned this into a, uh, a very negative thing into a positive thing. She goes and speaks at rehabs and oh, outpatient awesome. places awesome. and it does, it's been helping. I can tell that it's been helping her a lot, you know, and this past holidays was the first holidays without her son. Oh and, man. And, and oh, uh, shit, that's yeah, right. it's, it's tough, man. It was, and she lives eight doors down from me, man. Yeah. And, uh, this is a woman I've seen at the, at the gyms for the last five, six years. You kind of build an acquaintance with people that just, Hey, what's the nods? And then you end up talking to them and you end up getting a little, get to know them a little bit. Um, and that was a, that was a rough day, man. And, and I, I most certainly know that it was just, um, just life changing for her, obviously. Uh, I'd like to have her on the show as well. Yeah. Anything about recovery. That would be really cool. Um, but one great thing, Sam, is like when we do talk about past, like drug use or anything like that, you're not, you're not encouraging it, but you're not like super like, yeah, and I was blah, blah. It's like, yeah, I mean, there was time periods where I had fucking fun. Uh, like, I, I'm not going to lie. Like, yes. No, I am not the kind of person that would yeah. say, you know, it's like, uh, but I, I definitely had a lot of fun. And, and then I had a lot of consequences. You do, <laughs> you yes. know. They usually follow the fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For some people, but I also know that, yeah, you know, that there's a lot of people I know that have partied, you know, that are our age and they, they yeah. don't. Uh, you know, they just have a different relationship, you know, yeah. with drugs and alcohol than I have, you know, yeah. and, uh, and I know that's, that is true. Everybody's different. Um, I just recently saw, I was a scanning through a scanning through your, uh, Instagram, uh, page and I saw a picture of you and Jack from TSOL Yeah, and Jack's big in recovery since, since 89. Yeah. He's been, he's been so I mean, for a and, long time. You and know? he's, he's great. Cause he's upfront about all that shit too, man. Mm -hmm. Like he, and he's a really good, cool, I want, I, 
I talked to him. He agreed to be on the show as well. Oh, so hopefully, awesome. I have an interview with yeah. him too. Yeah, he's he's, he's a character too. He's, he's uh, yes, he is he's a funny character. As fuck. He really is. <laughs> so, but that's what I kind of dig about. Like a lot of my old, like you know, I'd say hero, but punk rock heroes from back. It's like you guys are so like you guys are just there. Like you don't you're not recluses. You know what I mean? Like you're like. And not hiding from you're not hiding. Yeah, you're just like you hang out in the crowd. You hang by the merch booth. Like I go see Agnostic Front. Those guys, they're hanging out. Yeah. Hey, what are you doing? You know what I mean? They're all well, and that's what <laughs> punk rock, at least for me, was is right. about. And you know, it's yeah. like there wasn't like there were no fucking rock stars. There were no yeah. none of that shit. Yeah. It's like we're, you know that that was one of the things that I loved about punk rock. Yeah. You know that it yeah. was like we were all the same. Didn't fucking matter. Yeah. You know, we still carried on. That's what I love about it. Well, Sam, man, thanks for doing this with us, dude. I appreciate you, dude. Absolutely. I love, love you, bro. You, and, Fucking hopefully yeah. I will see you soon. Thanks for having me on, Dave. It's a pleasure. Yeah, likewise, man, for sure. So, uh, now I'm so we're going to... Davey no, Town. We haven't, had any pl- we haven't had any political discourse yet, but we're going to have it here we're gonna, soon. Yeah, we'll, we're going to have it here soon. We'll send you a link to that one. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. I'm, because I'm, me, me and Dave don't... We, don't see eye to eye. So the reason why we want to start the show is because we wanted to show people that. And there's a lot of subjects we wanted to touch base on, but Damn. we wanted to show people that we can. Uh, I'm ready. Like, we can have differences uh, with people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and not block the lead and hate you and you're a Nazi and you're a commie. And you're, no, you know, I think yeah. that that's, I think that that's uh, super valid and super relevant and yeah. super important because. Like, I agree. The, uh, the thing that, that. It's going to. I'll go ahead. Sorry. The separation uh, is going to just make things worse you know like right. the, it is the, the yeah and that one of the like i said one of the things that really pulled pulled us together to do this is that we agree on the the fundamental thing we agree on is that almost everybody wants the same thing that's yeah you want you want your family to be safe right. you want to be able to go to the store and not get held up you want good paying you job. want your good paying job yeah. good education it's just some people have a different roadmap to get there but that that shouldn't be a relationship ender either yeah where if you want the same shit but you've got different ideas how to get there talk about those ideas and maybe even argue about them I, but I, I, have the discourse yes yeah. no I, I i i agree and that that makes me really excited to to uh, you know keep watching you guys cuz i definitely yeah. would would love to see people yeah. that have differing opinion really talk about it instead of just, yeah. you know, like have real discourse. Like I said, for yeah. me, if you've got an issue with me, let's fucking sit down and talk about yeah. it. I'm not yeah. saying I'm going to yeah. change your mind. You're not going to maybe change no. my mind. But let's, you know, the only way yeah. we're going to move forward is if we if we actually sit and talk. Is to have yeah, conversations. It's the human way. It's the Res- best way. Respect each other on a human level, and the rest is fucking details. That's yeah. it, you know? Yeah. So I, all right, I, Sam. All right. Uh, thanks for coming on again, brother. I, right. I love you, man, and I'll talk to you soon. All right. Love you too, bro. You guys take care. All right, man. Later. Well, that was awesome. Okay. So now you just make it go away. <laughs> yeah, go away. <laughs> yeah. All right. No, I, I do have to go. Uh, thanks, you guys. Yeah. I fucking appreciate yeah. it. Uh, Dave, keep me posted whenever it's going to come out, and I'll share the For shit sure. out of it. And uh, and let's talk okay, soon. Okay, brother. Yeah, man, soon. All, All right, right, brother. All right. Be safe. Love you, man. I right, love you, bro. Yeah, so that's Sammy Town. That was fucking amazing. He's, it? Yeah. That was really cool. Yeah, it's... Uh, Obviously ran over more than what we wanted to uh, do, but uh, I guess when you get to talking about, especially Sam's life, he's got a lot to talk about. Yeah. It's it's kind of... And we talked about this, too, yeah. even before the first episode, and I think we touched on it last week, is that some topics might take 35, 40 minutes, 
but you don't want to cut off a natural conversation right. you're having either. So some might go a little long like this one yeah. did. And that's cool too. Cause it's natural and you kind of get to, you get to wrap it up and we're not stuck to, it's gotta be 50 minutes every week right. no or what. You yeah. Know? So, and I think, I, I think we're trying to keep it super like, uh, organic and natural as well, because, yeah. Uh, a lot of people may not know. It's like we've known each other for years, been acquaintances for years, but we don't really know know each other. Right. In fact, I think through this podcast, we're actually getting to know each other. Yeah, exactly. Which is awesome. That's cool. And yeah. I think that shows just like a natural progression of a, of a friendship. Although oh, we were friends before, but yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Like to really get yeah. to get inside each other's head, to really know each other, um, instead of like these scripted fucking things and like that. And I'm not harking on anybody's other podcast or thing like that. They do what they're going to do, but. I think the more natural you keep it, the better. And I think it shows people that, okay, well, these guys are really, they're not bullshitting. They're just yeah. talking about the cuff. And that's why, and, I go, you know, future topics that we've already kind of mapped a few out. Yeah. We we made the agreement. Yeah. We're going to agree on this is the topic for the next episode, and we're not going to talk to each other about our right. opinions on it. Yes. We're going to argue next time, God damn it. Yeah, we are. <laughs> <laughs> we got a list of shit I think we're going to argue about. but And I'm looking forward to that. I mean, yeah, me but too. as we... And, and first of all, I appreciate everybody who watched the first episode and, and uh, or listened to the first episode and gave us, like, thumbs up. Um, I appreciate you guys just tuning in. I mean, because this has been really fun. And it's been an eye-opener for me, too. Like, I've just been – it's just – I don't know. I just think it's something that we've been kind of wanting to do for a while. And yeah. I think we're just, I think we're doing it, man. And then as we roll, I'll add more flair in the video yeah. and audio. But the, I, I produce and an engineer another podcast, but it's a much different animal Show engineering off. it. Engineering it while I'm also trying to right. He tried to figure shit out. Like <laughs> so, so the first few episodes are just going to be a camera, you know, and yeah. there'll probably be multi cameras later and, yeah. and add more stuff in it. But the, it, at the end of the day, it's two people just talking about yeah. shit. So the the tech stuff doesn't even really matter. Exactly, and it's like if, if people if they're interested if they're in, interested in the subject matter, um, they'll they'll stay tuned. Yeah, or they'll watch part now, part later, like whatever you want to do. But it's like. Um, what we do appreciate everybody like tuning in, tuning in and watching and giving thumbs up and yeah. giving your opinions and stuff like that. That matters to us a lot. Um, but I think at this point we're going to go and sign off, man. Yeah, let's do it. Good talking, brother. Likewise. All right. Take care. Bye, everybody. I'm going to It's fun to be a star It's nice to have